Hello, this is Michael Moore, and this is Rumble. Welcome to my podcast, and uh, we're on. We're driving down the road here in Iowa. We're on the campaign trail. Uh, as if you've been listening to this, uh, I'm here helping out a particular senator from Vermont who's busy this week. He's um, he's got jury duty uh, in D.C., and uh, you know how that is. You know, we all have jury duty. And you gotta go. It's everybody's gotta participate. And uh, and he finally got stuck with jury duty. He and this is a big jury. There's like ninety eight nine other people on the jury, you know. So uh, so he couldn't come to Iowa. So myself and Alexandria Ocasio Cortez and Congressman Mark Pocan uh, from uh, Wisconsin uh, is here. And uh, we've had some wonderful music from uh, Mike uh, Posner. Anyways, last night. I was with Mike, and we were at another event with uh, AOC and uh, Philip Agnew, um, who started the group, the Dream Defenders, and uh, Stacy Walker, who is an elected of- official here in uh, the state of Iowa. Um, five of us actually were going to speak on stage for Bernie in his stead, and we were backstage. And Alexandria hadn't arrived yet by plane; she was coming from D.C. from you know wrapping up her day of the House of Representatives there. So we were waiting uh, for her, and we were backstage. And I walk, I walk into the room backstage, and and uh, these other three guys are already at work. They're are, they're they're doing an acapella version of a Eminem song, and so I'm I'm going to play for you a little piece of that. But all but mainly the discussion that we had as we were waiting for Alexandria. All right, are we ready? We're going to go. We're going to go to last night. Uh, we're at the University of Iowa in Iowa City, Iowa, and uh, we're all waiting to, to go on stage. AOC hasn't arrived yet. So myself, Mike Posner, uh, Philip Agnew, and uh, Stacy Walker, are, we're, all, we're all sitting around a table talking about what's what right now, just nine days before the Iowa caucus. So let's, uh, let's open the door here and uh, their Eminem jam is already in progress. But not really, because there's no way I could, I could, um, you know, I am of a generation, let's say, before you. Uh-huh. So, uh, and um, and while I love uh, uh, the music, and I listen to uh, music, obviously, of, of this era. You know, if you don't grow up with it, it's hard to perform it. You know, it's hard to sort of um, have it in your, you know, whatever that is. That you haven't heard Mike Posner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Hardy, you can sing so you along mean, to that. So he, so you're you're saying that there's music he didn't grow up with. I'm saying he will turn you into a fan. 
of the music of this generation. Of the of the current generation. Well, I but see, I am a fan. I'm a fan. I'm a listening fan, though. Right. I'm not. When I say performing, I could not sit down at the table what you guys were just doing and join in. You know. I think that's a byproduct of hip hop a little bit. The only reason is I could definitely do some four tops, some Temptations. There's uh, mu- the mu- music of previous generations. We could still get with it, but hip hop. Once right. that train yeah. leaves the station, well, right. even the stuff we were just singing is really generation before us. Yes, you know those it guys is. are probably 10, 20 years older yep. than us. Yep. And I, I look Damn. around at my buddies. You know, I've been doing music professionally ten years now. Yep. So I meet new guys now. They say, "Hey, you know, in the studio or some award show. Hey, man." I listened to you when I was growing up. I'm like, oh, God, he's like the hot guy now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and he grew up on you. Yeah. I should tell people who we're uh, talking with here. Uh, I'm I'm in uh, Iowa City, Iowa, and I am with Mike Posner, who is uh, from Southfield, Michigan, which is just outside of Detroit. And I'm sure uh, uh, you know him and you've listened to his music. And of course, you know, you had this huge hit that everybody knows, regardless of whatever generation with, I believe you took a pill in a place called Ibiza, (laughs) right? (laughs) If I remember it correctly, but it's such a cool song. It's a cool like song to have on the radio when you're in the car, but it's also, it's very raw in its honesty. Most you know, celebrities, performers, musicians, whatever, don't necessarily like to admit the things that, that you sort of cop to in this song. And I think mm-hmm. it's I think it's very fresh and honest and emotional. And we'll just play a second of it right here. I took a pill in Ibiza To show a Fiji I was cool And when I finally got sober Felt ten years older But fuck it, it was something to do I'm living out in L.A. I drive a sports car just to prove I'm a real big baller cause I made a million dollars and I spend it on girls and shoes But you don't wanna be high like me, never really know why like me You don't ever wanna step off that roller coaster and all alone And now Philip your record, which oh, right, yeah, <laughs> my hit record. This is a uh, Philip uh, Philip Agnew, and uh, and he's uh, with us here. You grew up. Uh, where did you? Did you grow up in Florida or Chicago? South side of Chicago. Oh, Chicago, yep. right? Yeah, yep. that's what I thought. And uh, and then um, you live in Miami now. I live in Miami. But uh, you have been an, an activist for many years and a leader of uh, the various various things that we've all been fighting for in the last couple of decades. And uh, you formed this group, the Dream the Defenders. Yep. And I seem to remember, I first heard it was sometime after Trayvon Martin was killed. Mm-hmm. I think what my memory goes back no, to. You, no, you're right on. And, and, but there was another, another individual who was also killed. Earlier. Yes. Yes. So you were very, very early on in, 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 in dealing with, so we're going to talk a, a bit about that. Yep. And, and my other guest uh, is, is our one Iowa native here yes. at, at the table. Homegrown. Uh, uh, Stacy Walker. And Stacey is a supervisor here in Lynn County. That's correct. And, um, and but, but more than that, um, I can tell just from my few days here that uh, you are also one of the leaders of what I, I like to call a movement. Uh, it's, it's not, you're, you're just not a politician who is elected to office. Uh, you have inspired people across the state to rise up, get involved, do what needs to be done. And uh, we're all here basically, uh, because tonight we're going to be, you'll be performing. Is that correct? Are you going to say a few words too, Mike? Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> Both. <laughs> and, uh, Double thread. <laughs> right. and we're here at the university of Iowa in the Iowa Memorial union. So we're all, we're all going to talk. Uh, from the stage oh, yeah. this is a, a bernie for president uh, uh event and unfortunately 
uh, Bernie knew that he couldn't be here because the trial is taking place in the U.S. Senate. Trial? The trial. Yes, there's a, it, there's a trial. Yeah, oh, well, yeah. What they call it? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is the name of it. That's what they're saying. But as you and I know, we could, we could really, the word trial in the United States actually always should probably have some kind of quote marks around yes, it. Yes, yes, big ones. Because the real criminals are never tried. Right. And they don't spend any time in jail yep. or removed from us. Mm -hmm. uh, so, but now, but now we get to actually watch something that they that they like to call a trial, and they and that nobody watching this believes that there's anything fair that's going to go on in in, uh, in this. But Bernie can't be with us because he is there as one of the judges and jurors mm -hmm. of this as a senator. So uh, he uh, asked us to stand in for him uh, here tonight. And we have an, another guest who's arriving uh, uh, shortly that will speak yeah. uh, with us from the stage. And that is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, mm -hmm. or AOC, as she is known. And so we're all very honored to share the stage uh, with, with her. To open for her. Uh, to open for yeah. her. That's exactly yeah. what we're yes, all doing. Right. Yes, yes, yes. Right. yes. Are we flipping a coin for actually who's introducing her? Or uh, is no, that I think you won. Well, that I already, you already I, got yeah. I got it. I got it. <laughs> it's <laughs> all yours. How did that happen? How do how do they make decisions like that? Because I used to when I when I would like fly across the country of say from uh, you know New York to L.A. and you're sitting there on the plane in the old days. This is back before the rich people all flew private. Mm -hmm. There would be various people, you know, like George Clooney would be across the aisle and Liza Minnelli was sitting up there in, you know, the front row of first class and all these different people. And and I used to think, God, if this plane went down. You know, how do they write the obituary? Like whose name is first in the, in the headline? Is it Clooney? Is it Liza? It's certainly, it's not going to be me, but how far do I fall down the list of, of who's going? Yeah, hopefully it'd be alphabetical. It will be alphabetical. Yeah, that eliminate would be the, all the confusion. Well, that would be the fair way to, yeah, yeah, uh, to do yeah, it. I'm still yeah. not going to be first then, right? No. no. Somewhere so, in the middle. Somewhere yeah. in the middle. Okay. But <laughs> anyway, so I just I just hope that that is not how the decision got made tonight as to who's introducing her. So I'm just, just saying. I think right? we all have podcasts or, or artists in our own right, and they just looked at who had the most followers, I yeah, think, is yeah, how that yeah. would be. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, yep. all right. So well, it's on you. It's all okay. See, I'm having a hard time with this. So. You just say a woman who needs no introduction. And then, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I hate that when people say that about me because right. I, I, I always want I an introduction now and I never get an introduction anymore. <laughs> you know, like 20 years ago, I used just to get like a really own. cool introduction. Give them a piece of paper. Just give them something with the highlights. They yeah. won't believe half the highlights I give them. You, know? you should just play a clip like at the award show. So just play a clip. <laughs> Travel with the video on the <laughs> USB. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah just yeah, show the clip. Yeah, just run that that's beautiful actually footage. A, I'm going to do that. That yeah. is a great I am a filmmaker. <laughs> yeah. I know how to do this. Yeah. I could, I, uh, lights go down, yeah. and up the screen, up on the screen comes. Yeah. And then the, this is and Michael then Moore. They at six lower you down old. from the rafters. <laughs> yes. And yes, have me come yeah. down like pink. Yeah. On that thing like that pink. she comes down at the Grammys, you know? You know? Do a few tunes, a few outfit changes, and you're out of there. Yep. I like this idea. <laughs> mm -hmm. He was one of America's most well-known yeah, yeah. Eagle Scouts. Yeah. <laughs> Tire of great knots. <laughs> Starter of all fires. All kinds of knots. <laughs> and even though the Boy Scouts didn't have cookies like the Girl Scouts, <laughs> he found a way for his troop to make and eat cookies. <laughs> um, anyways, I, let's get right into this all here because we're, we're backstage uh, just before we're going to go out uh, on the stage here for Bernie. And uh, I'm in Iowa here for 12 days uh, leading up to caucus day. So it's really exhilarating meeting people here uh, in this state. Just about everybody I've met is kind. Even if they don't agree with me, they're not disagreeable in the way that they, they disagree with me. I don't know if that's, I've been received the correct impression yet 
They must get wackadoodle over something here, right? Mm. I mean, Stacy, you would know. Yeah, hot um, dish casseroles, I think, hot are dish. probably <laughs> the most uh, controversial thing that's happening in the state. And then, now, what does that mean? A hot? Why would that be controversial? A hot dish casserole. You, you know, uh, you bring the wrong casserole to a function, and you know, people can get oh, bent judge out of shape. You. Yeah, you'll be oh, judged yeah. by yeah, yeah, the casserole. Yeah by the people at the function you got to bring the right hot dish to the to the function i see yeah. um you know hey Bez, we should at one of the events here while we're here for these 12 days let's bring a casserole and let's just see what happens because we're gonna <laughs> that may it may rip the mask off the iowa nice that's right right and see the real that's the real kind of hawkeye that's, that's cyclone how you, that's that's how you do it that's one of, that's one way that's right. one way to do it. But I think you're right. I, the folks here in Iowa are wonderful. And every four years, we have this incredible opportunity to have an outsized say in who we think should be the leader of the free world. Mm. And thank you for uh, acknowledging it's an outsized it is, it is, responsibility. It is. Yes. I'm, 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 I've been on record talking about um, uh, how interesting it is that Iowa, which is a state that is not representative of the rest of the country. Um, and it's landlocked right there. That should be a disqualifier oh, for being the first in the country. Okay. There's no you, water. Okay. So we got to be on a coast in well, order to be saying, important in Michael Moore's uh -oh. world. No, uh -oh, no, 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 no. I think I was important. No, no, no. You're part of the Big Ten here. Yeah, that's right. So that's we're, right. we have okay. a brother and sisterhood okay. Okay, thing right. going on. Yeah, yeah, so no, no, yeah. We love Iowa. Uh, I'm a little confused by why University of Iowa has stolen uh, the colors of the University of Michigan. Uh, you know, if you ever they're, watched, ma they're maize and blue. They're maize and blue, and this is kind of a golden blue. Yeah, black and gold. Black, black yeah. and gold. Black. It is black and yeah. gold. Yeah. You're kidding me. Yeah. No, Michael. come on. Yeah. My TV's all <laughs> fucked up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Get yeah this whole time. We, this whole, whole time, time. We got to yeah. get Brother Michael blue. a better TV. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> He's been looking for beef with Iowa. Here it is. Yeah. I can't even do that. I can't nope. even go there nope. on that. That's the nope. Michigan's colors. I'm, I'm really glad we told you that before you yeah. hit the stage yes. today. Yeah. yeah. You <laughs> saved me <laughs> some huge embarrassment. You know I was going to go there. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh... I mentioned the importance of water. I mean, yes. you know, as the earth is three quarters water. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are 70, 80% water. Our each human being is, is water is the basis yeah. of our lives. And so you have to survive here without water. Like, in other words, what I'm, my point is, is that as people headed west, white people I'm referring to, mm -hmm. um, stopped here and decided to settle here knowing there was no fucking water. Yes, I will never understand that decision, but but we are here. And we're here now, so we are, you're just we are, saying live with it. We are here now, and we've figured out how to cope. And I think over the years, since the caucus system has been in place, um, Iowans have, to their credit, to our credit, taken this process very seriously as a state that can vet candidates and a state that can give unlikely candidates uh, a shot at national prominence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. And I think there's a lot of writing and testimony on uh, the importance Iowa played in um, helping uh, this country see uh, the first African-American president. And so it is, it's, it, it's, it's an outsized role. I will concede that. I've been critical uh, about that. Um, but on the other side of that coin, I think Iowans are very serious about presidential politics. Right. I could see that already in the short time I've been here. Same. Um, yeah. Right. People are, are, they take this responsibility seriously. They know it's, they know how important it is because uh, a candidate could, the campaign could end here. Um, or it could be, as you said, with Barack Obama. Th this a launching been, pad. 
this would have been the least likely place any of us would have expected um, Obama yeah. to be I, launched from. And, and I think contextually, I think it uh, for me and a lot of people forget a lot of black people were not on the side of President Obama when he initiated his run. A lot of people thought he skipped a bunch of steps um, that he wasn't following political decorum or um, uh, the way things have been going. And so there were a lot of people who weren't on his side. And I think a state like Iowa, we, we imagine that a black candidate would not do very well there. We expected him to stumble and for the political wins to recalibrate like they were supposed to. And so I think Iowa deserves a good amount of credit. Um, but I don't know if it's just because it was the first. I think it was because it is so white. And we said, if this black man can do well in a state that we believe to be so white, then he might actually be able to pull this thing off. And I remember listening to the radio and being like, oh, shit, he could he could he actually do this. Do this. He yeah. could actually do this. Mm-hmm. And I and, think you're right. And if you fast forward to now in, in this election cycle, you've got uh, a field, an incredible field of candidates uh, running. But you've got a Democratic socialist in Bernie Sanders who's leading the pack here in Iowa. Um, so uh, again, there is there is something special about Iowans' ability um, to see through the fray yep. and decide for themselves. And politics is local. And these candidates get out and make a case for themselves inside of people's homes where there's a hot casserole dish on the counter somewhere <laughs> the right one and they are in the living room making a case for themselves and and to senator sanders credit um he has uh, made a case uh in uh, and i've i've often said this in the whitest state in the midwest right uh but he has somehow found a way to bring together all of the different communities of color yeah. albeit they are small relative to the other uh, parts of the country here and folks who have never had access to the kind of uh, power that is uh, the institution of politics in this state. And he's found a way to uh, uh, provide a message that resonates. And yep. so he's, he's amassed the most diverse coalition of supporters in the whitest state in, in the Midwest. And mm. I, I think he deserves a lot of credit. And I think Iowans deserve a lot of credit for uh, supporting this person in the way that they do. Yeah. Yeah, that's also been the other amazing thing I've seen is the level of his support here um, is much more intense uh, than I had uh, um, expected. And everywhere we've gone, and um, especially obviously with young people, there is a massive amount of uh, support for him. But you're right, all, you know, different people that came up to me today, and it's not an all it's not an all white state, but it's a, it's, it's about 10 percent uh, people of color. Maybe would you say that's yeah, somewhat yeah. accurate it's about 92 percent white? Yeah. yeah. Like I said, 8 percent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, what is that line that he crosses where he just people are not they're not judging him by um, his age. They're not judging him by his color. They're not judging him by, I mean, and, and nobody mentions the fact that, that with Bernie, we're going to have our first Jewish president. Yeah. Uh, I mean, here's a percentage. I don't know what Jews make up, what, 10, 2%, maybe 2% of the population. I do not have the data. Yeah. Uh, does anybody back there know it might be one and a half. I mean, it's not, Iowa. Iowa the whole, I'm talking about nationally, even I don't think it's that high. I mean, it's yeah. pretty, uh, and yet, and yet, number one in the polls now, these last few polls across the country, 
it's it's been it's it's been amazing and um i think the one i mean the one age group that he seems to still uh need more support from is the one i belong to the one he grew up in the 60s gonna come around I, I, i really believe they're gonna come around i think um the conversations that we've had with people um older folks who have grandchildren who they had to sit across from in Thanksgiving or Christmas or Hanukkah, or Kwanzaa, whatever the holidays you support, you know, they had to, there were conversations that happened. This was a real strategy that was put forward by the Sanders campaign to make sure that his most strong base, um, when they're at home with their families, with what some people say is his weakest, weaker base are able to engage in a conversation. I think grandparents care about their grandchildren enough to not be, um, to not be so reluctant to bet on one of theirs. Right. Um, but but you brought up a point um, I want to talk about. I think Senator Sanders deserves a great amount of credit for what he's been able to do to popularize the language, the policies, the platform that he's talked about for so long. But I'm, I'm an organizer. Um, you're a filmmaker who has provided films and provided narrative that has assisted social movements and grown out of social movements. And the reason I'm bringing that up is we have created the conditions fertile ground for a Senator Sanders to actually pollinate. Um, And I think that's what we're seeing over these last few years, that people are not looking to who he is or where he comes from or his accent um, or his affect as the reason that they're deciding on him because we have young people who have spent the better part of their teenage and adult lives watching social movements on Twitter, on television, on film, and seeing Um, how they talk and how they move and what they think is important and going to school and talking about it with teachers who have grown up in the movement. And so I'd like to think that there's a great amount of baton passing in this relay thing. And Senator Sanders is enjoying um, the electoral fruits of what we have been doing in the streets and on film and in narrative, et cetera. And that's why he's able to come through four years um, removed from almost winning the Democratic nomination and say, Hey, y'all, I'm here and get a resounding amount of excitement because for for 10 years, for some of us, 20, 30 years, but absolutely in earnest since 2010, 2012, um, we have been creating the conditions for someone like this to, to get here. Senator Sanders is without a doubt the leader of the new progressive movement happening in this country from an electoral politician standpoint. Yep. And you ask. You know, isn't it something, and I've heard you say this, that the oldest you know, person running for president right now has attracted um, uh, an insane amount of support from yeah, young insane. voters, right? Yeah. I mean, he's he's crushing it. I saw a poll today yep. that I think the, his, the, the next highest competitor among young people, he had doubled their support. Yes. Um, right. I think he was, you know, mid forties. And I think Elizabeth Higher Warren was somewhere in, in, the, in the, yeah. And when you get down to the millennial that's yeah. running, there was a poll a couple of weeks ago, it was burning at 52% of 18 to 35 year olds. And the millennial running is at 2% mm-hmm. with his own age group. It's, and, what, it's, and what that tells me, what, is <laughs> what that tells me is that folks are looking at the, the message and the movement yes. and they're not paying That's attention right. yep. to uh, these other almost uh, arbitrary uh, factors about a particular candidate because exactly. what matters to young folks and what I think matters to everybody is that they are able to have health care 
and not healthcare for those who want it, right? right. This, this is this is a progressive movement. We are all human beings that will require some level of healthcare, and yes. it's education. Folks desire that, and and the ability to go to school, have their school paid for, <clears> so that they can pursue their dreams, and so on and so forth, and to live on a planet that will be habitable in seventy years, right? Yep. So there, he he is he has, we have created the conditions as Brother Phil was talking about for a progressive candidate candidate to thrive and to flourish, but we haven't had someone speak so directly and unabashedly to the progressive movement in the way that Bernie Sanders has done. And he's demonstrating, and this is what I hope establishment Democrats figure out, he's demonstrating that you can be successful in politics by telling the truth, by centering on justice and being progressive because that's what the people want. So he just did it and he's been doing it for 40 years. And I think we are at a point where the folks who have been marginalized in this country, the folks who have been oppressed, the folks who have never had power, as they finally look and they see someone who is speaking their language and is offering a kind of politics that's going to liberate them and, and provide them a seat at the table. And it's resonating and it's working. He has raised the most money out of all the candidates running. From the most people. From the most people with a average uh, contribution amount, I think of like 18 bucks. He's not taking money from billionaires. He's not taking money from super PACs. I mean, this is a people powered movement and it ought to be a lesson to the Democratic establishment instead of them pushing back. It, it should be something that changes our politics. But it's in that way, it's not, though. They are pushing back. And and even it's rare in the media to hear what you just said, to go over those statistics. The, the most donors of any candidate running this year, including Trump, the most donors with the smallest amount being donated, yep. the, the most volunteers of any campaign, the highest approval rating of everyone running for president this year. We and, like Bernie. Yeah. The highest approval rating... The highest approval rating of any senator in the United States Senate. Yes. When they, they did the poll where they, where they yeah. went to each of the 50 states to, to see, well, how do you feel about your senator? What do you approve or disapprove? Bernie had the highest, out of, he's number one out of 100. Yes. You just go, you go down the list. Of, and then the, I've been watching the polls now for four or five months. Look, the polls on everything. But, you know, and, and a lot of people, including me, were very critical of the polling front page of the New York Times on Election Day in 2016, saying that Trump only had a 15 percent chance of winning. Right. That's the morning. Right. Of the election. All right. So. So. But it did say nationwide, the polls back then, that people wanted Hillary and not Trump. And that's what happened. She won with those three million votes. The thing that I don't understand now is why are we. Not being told, I mean, finally CNN did it this week with their poll, that Bernie is n- number one with non-white voters, and he's been that way. He's been number one with Latino voters for about five months. Number one now with all with all non-white, black, Latino, Asian, et cetera, mm-hmm. Arab, the, the, number one there. Yep. But CNN said in the poll, it goes, uh, almost reluctantly they added, and he's number one with... Uh, white voters yeah yeah wow number yeah. one with white voters number one with non-white voters number one in volunteers number one in uh popularity number one in job approval number one in uh, uh number of donations go down the whole list you would think that news would be leading with today in bernie land mm-hmm. and you the people listening to this right now are going wow i, I did not yeah. I did, number it, one with non-white did he st- what does he mean by non-white no come on because all i've been told 
by the same people who told me that Bill Clinton was our first black president. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remember that? You know, Remember yes, they used to absolutely. say that? We yeah. talked about that at the barbershop. Mm-hmm. It was we've so been, like... We've been well, going around and talking about, well, it's not in their interest. I think we know the answer to this. It's not in their interest. Um, what, what Senator Sanders and the movement that is around him, in front of him, pushing him, propelling him, represents is a complete upending of everything that the corporate media knows to be true. And, and, and so I think what we've realized, um, even and maybe especially with the election, the unexpected election of Donald Trump, is that the power of the media to craft views and minds, though still strong, um, is decreasing and it's atrophying. And they don't have a pulse on what's going on in the country at all. And they are exercising a theater that is far removed from the lives of everyday people. And, you know, I think Fox is a different animal. I think Fox is, if you don't know it now, far and away the number one watched news station in the country um, by the most people. So Fox is operating in a different terrain and we can get into that. But when you look at the mainstream media's media outlets that we may frequent, MSNBC, CNN, they're completely removed and divorced from what everyday people are thinking and talking about. And when we're talking to young people, we're going to barbershops. They couldn't tell you the last time they watched CNN or MSNBC. Right. They couldn't tell you. The last time, only time I watch it is when I'm in the hotel and I already watched all the games the day before, so there's no need to watch ESPN. Well, I, I totally agree with that. One of the, as you were reciting the polls, another one that's really important is when folks are asked independently about issues, who do you trust the most on the environment? Bernie Sanders. Yeah, by who far. You, who do you trust the most on healthcare? Bernie yeah, Sanders. Who do you trust the most on the economy? He's he's up there. He's number one in in almost every single issue that people are telling us matters to their lives. But to 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 go even further than Brother Phil, this is this is about power. Yeah, and uh, Senator Sanders represents a direct threat to establishment types on both sides of the aisle, Republicans and Democrats who have had power for generations in this country. And what the senator's platform threatens to do is transfer political power from the hands of establishment types to the people. And the people understand that. That's why he has so much support from working class people, um, from Americans who um, need that break. They've been doing everything that they were told and taught to do get a job, go to school, work hard, do all of these things. And yet their lives, there are no, uh, there's no material progress in their lives. And you've got candidates running like Joe Biden, who last summer um, said to a group of super wealthy donors in a posh hotel in Manhattan, if I'm elected, nothing is going to fundamentally change. Don't you worry. And these people, you know, that are supporting Bernie Sanders, they didn't need Joe Biden to say that to him. They know that for 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 the most part, a president has not had a material impact on their lives. And it's going to be business as usual, Republican yes. or Democrats. Right. But now you've got Bernie Sanders, who is leading a progressive movement. And that is important to, to point out that he is um, he's uh, solidifying support from all of these constituent groups that need help. Right now, you've got Bernie Sanders coming along saying we got Republicans and Democrats who aren't doing the things they need to do to improve your lives. And we're going to change that. And that is threatening. That is a huge threat because um, 
when you say it's a movement, that's what's really going on here. That's why he's so high up in the polls. That's why he's doing so well because people like what people say. Well, you know, um, who's going to you know who's going to vote for? <laughs> How's he going to win? He's, is he electable? Uh, I like Bernie, but you know, can he really beat Trump? And I try to explain to them. You understand that that when you're voting for Bernie, you're not just voting for Bernie. You're voting for me. Mm-hmm. You're voting yeah. for those nurses. They're all, the nurses are all behind Bernie. Yeah. The number one profession of the donors. Educators. Of, yes, Teachers. people who work in teaching and education profession. Yeah. That's that. That's who you're voting for. You're going to put teachers in the White House. You're going to put yes. nurses in the White House. You're going to put Cardi B in the White House. Yes. Inauguration is going to be crazy. Mike is going to be performing there. Cardi, I mean, I can only imagine inauguration. It's we're never going to see a party like that ever Mike, again. Mike, jump in here. With, with, Mike, with Mike electing, here. question, with electing Senator Sanders to the presidency change the country more than electing Barack Obama did? Absolutely. I think that's undeniable and disputable. The, the, the changes may be different. Mm. And um, if I can, take the rare occasion to talk about some positives about the Obama administration. I grew up as a kid and every black kid when they grew up said, you know what I want to be when I grow up? I want to be the first black president. And Mm. everyone oohed and odd and said, that is so cool, but it will never happen. Mm. And um, for the great amount of high schoolers and young people um, growing up with a black president with who was eloquent, who was highly intelligent and his family um, tore the roof off culturally um, what was considered Uh, a static roof for young black people. Um, And I think he represented a lot of positivity for a lot of black people and what was possible in the country. And substantively, the material conditions of people did not improve. And I think that's actually what caused a lot of the anxiety and the angst that came out of 2010. We said, we looked at ourselves and we said, we have a black president who looks like us, yet we are being murdered in the streets. We are living lives, walking dead. We are being thrown in jail. We are deporting more people than any other president. We are treating drones like Call of Duty and sending them out every day and murdering at a rate we've never seen. And so I think the dissonance of having that great roof being lifted off Mm -hmm. and then having the floor fall out from under most people in the country at the same time um, really, really created the conditions that, that we have in the social movements. And what Senator Sanders represents is a paradigm shift in the Democratic Party that we've never seen. Um, whereas, you know, uh, President Obama represented a change in culture. Um, Senator Sanders represents not only a change in culture, but a change in policy, a way of doing, a way of being, a way of governing, a way of being a world leader, um, a way of being a world partner, a way of being a steward of the planet. There are so many ways that I can think of in which Senator Sanders just will be a dramatically different departure from any other Democratic president that we've had. You said everything I would say. That's exactly how I would put it. With with the with the very first thing what you said in terms of the good that that did, I will never forget that whatever that bill signing ceremony was. I can't remember which it was a big bill that Obama signed, and there was a little seven year old boy, African American boy, standing there by the desk, and he asked he asked he if if he could touch he wanted to touch Barack Obama's hair because he. It, he was processing the fact that the the leader of this country, the president of the United States, has has hair that feels like mine, and you could just see the. the and I think yeah. his parents oh, spoke. Iconic pictures. It's, it was powerful. It's it powerful. Yeah. It was powerful. It still you know, kind of wants to induce tears thinking about this because right there, Barack Obama. If you had done nothing else, 
If you had done nothing else, you have, you have just liberated not only every every little seven year old, six year old, ten year old black boy and girl. You have also liberated white America if they chose if they want to choose to be liberated from the way that they were raised and the way that we've thought about this country from the beginning. That that right there was like okay, mm-hmm. man. And yes, all the things that the, all the discipline. I was a month into after he wasn't even Timothy Geithner. Yes, Summers. Summers. Yeah. So, that, so, so yeah. I, I, running our economy I, from you know Summers from Goldman Sachs. Yeah, the architects like, of it. I, I, I want to jump in here <laughs> because I think it was a very enlightened question that Brother Mike posed, which I think underneath the question it gets at what really is the difference between a democrat like barack obama hillary clinton joe biden and the democrats like bernie sanders aoc rashida talib ilhan omar so on and so forth right like what is that because this is what the democratic party is confronted with we we have we have factions in the party and i think um we've we're trying to decide do we continue down the course of neoliberalism or are we are we uh, going to um truly liberate this country and walk down the path of this new progressive left right so i think that's for me that was part of the question and before i answer and i and i think everything that was said was right i want to give uh brother barack a little credit <laughs> because there were some things that were meaningful that uh, there were a lot of things that were meaningful that came out of the obama administration i do think he had some constraints having been the first african-american president and was very conscious of the fact that um it, by virtue of being a black man we uh, couldn't move as fast on a lot of issues that um, uh, had he been a white man, right? We probably could have moved a little faster and and, and have been shielded from some criticism uh, that would be coming from the left and the right. Uh, what are some of those issues? Yeah, yeah, sure. I think he um, engineered an agreement on the Iran deal that I think constrained Iran's nuclear development um, that added to um, our global security. I think the Affordable Care Act was a step in the right direction. Uh, when you have the House and the Senate and the presidency, he should have went all the way. But it was a step in the right direction. And it, it got rid of, of it, it yeah, got rid of pre-existing of conditions. It allowed people to stay on their parents' health care. We should have we should have already had a single payer system in this yes. country. Right. That was that was a misfire. But it was but it helped. Right. It had a material impact on people's lives who were uninsured. I think the president coming in to an economy that was falling apart. Mm-hmm. Now, I, there, there are substantive disagreements on the measures he took to save the economy, but it is an undeniable fact that we did not slip into a Great Depression largely right. because of the actions of that administration. And again, there are substantive arguments as to how you save an economy, but he did, and that was um, a big challenge for a relatively young politician to have to walk into and do something about. So all with all of that said, the difference in my mind is this. You've got a President Sanders who understands that we've got 30 plus million people who are uninsured or underinsured, right? So don't even have a bad healthcare plan. They just don't have it at all, right? And instead of saying we're gonna move, we're gonna take a step in the right direction, the progressive left is saying, by virtue of being a human being, you have a right to health care. The progressive left is saying, we don't, need to, we don't need to take a step in the right direction on climate. 
right? We need a Green New Deal to save this planet. Mm. The progressive left is saying we don't need to slow walk um, legalization of marijuana like Joe Biden is saying, right? We, we know that people of all ages use marijuana. We know that we have devastated an entire community of people in this country by locking them in jail yeah. for marijuana crimes mm. when other folks, white folks, use marijuana at equal rates and they haven't seen the full force and brunt of the criminal legal system like black communities have. We're gonna expunge the records of these folks, let them out of jail, and we are gonna invest in their communities to right this wrong. Whereas a neoliberalist approach would say we gotta we gotta we gotta we gotta be gradual about this. Yeah. This is the same language marijuana for all who want it. This is the same yes, right? <laughs> this is the same <laughs> language that we've seen in other movements. The yep. civil rights movement was confronted with gradualist, incrementalist solutions to the problem of civil rights, to the challenge of civil rights, right? And you had leaders like MLK, Malcolm X, Stokely Carmichael, so on and so forth, mm. who were saying, nah, that's that step that minor step-by-step approach isn't gonna work. And that is yeah. finally resonating with the people who have been marginalized, oppressed, and that's why they are flocking to the one and only candidate now. I used to say we had one and a half, <laughs> but the one and only candidate in this presidential race that's saying these people can't wait for uh, a baby step yeah. approach. Their lives are in danger, they need help now. You m- reminds me of that MLK quote, he said his, his most, uh, I'm paraphrasing. I wish I had my phone. I'd pull it up and not butcher it. But he was saying his his biggest challenge is not the the outward racist, right. but the moderate white who, white who, moderate. who believe you may you know yeah, it's a letter, say yeah, it yeah, yeah, a letter from the Birmingham jail, yeah. right? Yeah, silence, absolutely. Silence of our friends who um, believes that justice can can wait, right? Well, That's especially and, poignant and for have, me, yes, because yeah. it hits me. I feel like that way. Yeah. guy sometimes well especially because being again from the detroit area Mm -hmm. we look across the river a half a mile from us there yeah and there's a country where not a single person went bankrupt last year because they were sick or had medical bills right we we look at a a a country that that doesn't believe in mass incarceration i mean we literally have to i mean when you know when palin used to say that she could see russia from her porch we actually we can see it. Yeah, we can go through a tunnel. It's, a it's actually the only there. place is south of south, and it's yeah. south of us. Yeah, That's true in Detroit. Us. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, and and, and the, the Journey song about born and raised in South Detroit. Yeah. Just, there is no South Detroit. Right, right, right. <laughs> south Detroit is right. called Windsor, Ontario. Okay, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but people like in Detroit, when you have politicians, you have people running for office, suggesting that we have to be pragmatic, that. These these are the gradual steps we'll take. These so-called these half measures. Yeah, and you know the people who live in Detroit, who live in Flint, uh, they don't want to hear about that anymore. No, and they don't. They're sick of it. They're still waiting two hours at the bus stop, right? Mm-hmm. Two hours for the public bus in Detroit, the public bus system in Detroit that cannot get you to work on time, and where your round trip, even though you might only live three miles from work. It, your daily round trip is three to four hours. You know, literally, you should just walk it, and that's what people started to do. It's like, it's it's there's there's that one guy out by you where you grew up. We walked twenty miles back every day back and forth to work, and finally, you know, the car companies saw an opportunity, yeah, and gave them a car, gave this poor guy a car, yeah, to get you know advertising for themselves. Mm-hmm. But it it's just, I think people are sick of these half measures. There's no halfway to climate crisis. 
There's no, where's the, where's the negotiated point to whether a woman has control over her own body? Right. What's Say that? that. Oh, you, yes. we, we, we'll let her have half control. What's the, I mean, I'm just, people are sick of this. I think this is why Bernie is doing so well. Yeah. Well, no, when you have a cancer um, and you go to the doctor, you know, the, the doctor doesn't say, um, so what we're going to do is we're going to try to attack a small amount of the cancer right now. Um, and then later on, we'll try to see if we can do a little bit more. Every doctor says we're going to aggressively attack this cancer with everything that we have, because actually that is the only way that it will be solved. To do it full is the only way that it happens. To do it half is to not do it. And so we, we've got people who are hoping that a slow walk towards this thing is going to allow them to recoup whatever losses that they have in the midst of it. And so, you know, incrementalism and in, in President Obama talked to us about incrementalism. I've been on the record about talking about what he said to us. Um, the only way these things are going to be handled is through a comprehensive approach. Let me ask you this because we're gonna we got to get out on the stage yep, here yeah. in, in a, in a about few to minutes. About to tear this roof off. <laughs> we're, we're gonna <laughs> you're gonna to go. tear the roof we off. We are. Let's uh, go. It, but the, the uh, I'm just uh, what what do I say to the person who stops me on the street in the airport, whatever? Uh, when they say that they, I you know, they say I, I really like. Actually, I like Bernie. I like I like Bernie. But and this all the all the information says the number one thing people want to do is remove Trump. Yes. That's like, that's job one. Yes. It's right there at the top. Got to get rid of Trump. And, they, and they're so afraid, they want to vote for the person who's most likely to remove Trump. So even though they might like Bernie a whole hell of a lot, they're, now they're afraid. But they can, they're afraid for everybody. They don't really know who's going to. And Biden this week put out an ad playing to the sphere and said, now's not the time to take a risk. Go with the safe bet. I'm the safe candidate. That's it, and that's exactly what he is. He's not going to, like that's said, how we're going like, to lose. I know. I think I think he's an incredible risk. Actually, yeah, that's I what too. I say. He is in no way safe. This is a person. Every time they talk on the mic, they fumble over their words. <laughs> every time a reporter <laughs> asked him a question, they attack them. Every time an audience member asked him a question, they challenge them to some physical feat. Like the, I, I always say that. Yeah, I, I I think you hit him with facts. There's a poll out this week that shows all of the candidates head to head to Trump. Yep. Who wins? Bernie Sanders wins by the widest margin of all of the candidates running for president. Yes. And he wins in the states that we gotta win, the swing yep. states, right? Yep. So I say, you know, this whole thing about electability, I you know, it's 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 a it's a nebulous thing anyways. Yep. But electability means head to head, who beats Donald Trump? Bernie Sanders outperforms Joe Biden on that metric. Every day of the week. When you talk about raising money, he's raised more money from more people, right? I mean, mm -hmm. these are, are signals to me. I mean, nobody has defined what electability really means, but if, but, if, but if I had to just, you know, throw a dart at a wall and try to come to an idea of what it means, I would, I would say those things. Yeah. And, you've, and he's built this movement, including people from all across the color spectrum. Yeah. So he's building a coalition that will turn out to vote for him. Mm -hmm. I, that to me um, sounds like electability. What's your What's your last line here to people listening to this podcast right now? What's the last if you you know last thing you want to say to them before we head out on the stage here? If you only had them for a minute, what would you tell people? I'll say, yeah, don't worry about this electability thing. Is silly. Vote for who you want, who represents what matters to you. Period. And it's. Nine, that's why I'm here today. And nine times out of ten, it, it, it's 
like you're saying, is, is Senator Sanders. And if everybody just did that, we realize, hey, we're all kind of on the same page. That it, that turns out to be electability. Uh, this is a movement. The people have to understand Stacey. that we are in an ex- the an extension of a movement, and that this is this movement is bigger than a presidential election. So be encouraged. Understand the gravity of this moment, and do what it takes so that when you are talking to your grandkids one day, and they ask, "What did you do during that new progressive movement?" to ensure a habitable planet, to ensure equal rights for all people, to ensure health care and education, you can say, I stood up and I was counted. So stay encouraged right. and and fight for this movement. Amen. Uh, Philip, your last word. There are two people and two types of people in the world. There are people who history happens to, and there are people who make history. And we have a, an incredible opportunity to go from being subjects to objects in our lives. And our great, great grandchildren are watching. Yes, uh, this has been great to have this uh, a little bit of time with you guys. And um, tomorrow night, uh, or actually tomorrow all day, we're going to be on the bus. We're going to go across the state of Iowa. Me bus, baby. Uh, We're going to end up in Des Moines and Ames. We're going to, so we're at the University of Iowa tonight. Uh, tomorrow night, uh, which will be Saturday night, we'll be at the at Ohio, Ohio, Ohio. Oh my God, Uh-oh. Iowa State. Yeah, yes. you know we can't. Hey, you got that one out backstage. Oh my I know. God. I know. Yeah, I know. yeah. yeah. That's yeah. Good. Got out. That's that's because that's because as Michigan, we have Ohio State. Yeah, on the yeah. Line. No, you I understand. know. That's always, <laughs> yeah, always, always in the Ohio State. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but so that's tomorrow, and then Sunday, uh, we had a crossover to Western Iowa. Wow. Uh, and that night, at night we're going to end up in uh, in uh, Sioux City, and uh, we got AOC joining us. And oh uh, man, so yeah, we so um, had a male dominated show this time, but yeah, yeah, we're all opening for no, AOC and right. what the we're power that in <laughs> life and this rally. And actually, there's actually there's a group of women on Monday uh, that that wanted to me. I said, let's do this as a podcast. Uh, they call themselves the Bernie Bros, but they're all women. Nice, and they want to go up against <laughs> this concept. Yes, that is again one of the false narratives. Uh, that likes to get perpetuated online and whatever, but that that uh, the uh, the support that Bernie has amongst all people is so it's just amazing to see, and um, and I'm happy to be here with you guys. And okay. let's go let's go see if uh, Alexandria uh, has arrived yet, and uh, we can get this uh, get this thing going tonight. Perfect. Let's all right. Go. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for listening to Rumble here uh, with Michael Moore. I'm Michael Moore. I've been here with uh, Mike Posner, uh, Stacey Walker, and Philip Agnew. And uh, and if we get a chance, we'll try to play a little uh, a little of the uh, the show here on the on the podcast too. Yeah. Uh, so uh, tune in tune in again uh, t- uh, tomorrow uh, when we'll come to you uh, from Ames, Iowa. That's it. Over and out. Hey.